Hey, everybody, it's Mike Brickheim. Thanks for joining us for another edition of the Getting to Know podcast. Today, I'm joined by our global product manager for DTP, Saran Counts. Saran, thanks for joining us today on the Getting to Know podcast. Hi, Mike. How are you? I'm doing very well. And you? I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here. It's great to have you. So, you are the global product manager for Digital Transfer Papers. Tell me a little bit about your role and what a day in the life is like. I call myself the global product manager because um, I really do cover the whole world. And um, I, I, most of my team is based in the Netherlands um, since technically I'm part of the, the Nina Coldenhope business. Um, product managers, uh, we, we kind of refer to ourselves as the glue. Right, we kind of connect the the technical and the commercial sides of the business, particularly for product launches um, and just managing the overall portfolio of our businesses. So you joined Nina when? I joined in 2016, and I was really part of uh, more of the labels and specialty side of the business at that okay. time. And I started working more in heat transfer around the 2018 timeframe. Okay, what's the yeah. difference? Heat transfer is one of the the funnest businesses, I think, um, because unlike some of the other businesses and technical products, we come very, very close to the customer. One of my favorite parts of the job is being able to go to trade shows. So we get to talk to people that are using our papers every day. Um, our papers are the basis of their livelihood, right? They, they're using our papers to make shirts and mugs and things that they sell that they are living off of. So um, I get to talk to people that run small businesses, that run big print shops, that's exciting for me. I know you live in Powder Springs, Georgia right now, which is quite a commute now, uh, which we can come back to. So you live in Powder Springs. I saw you went to Georgia Tech. So are you a Georgia native? I am not. I, I still claim New York City as, as my hometown. I grew up in the Bronx. I lived in Yonkers, New York. And then I moved, started moving south when I started high school. So I have a lot of family in the Charleston, South Carolina area. Okay. I saw Wando uh, High School was on there somewhere. Yeah. All right. So yeah. grew up in different parts of the city, Yonkers and the Bronx, you said? Yep. That doesn't Bronx. make you a Yankees fan, does it? It absolutely does make me a Yankees fan. And I need to do a better job of screening <laughs> these, Whitney. Nobody's perfect though, Saran. So, all right. So Yankees fan, placed down in Charleston at Wando High School, End up at Georgia Tech, matriculating in, you know, that fine institution. And then you went to work for a company whose name caught my eye, Buckeye Technologies. Is that related to anything from the great state of Ohio, or is that just merely the name of the company that was lucky enough to land you out of college? Well, it's sort of related to Ohio. So when I started at Buckeye, they were a spinoff of Procter & Gamble. Ah. So, you know, Procter & Gamble is very it's closely exciting. related to the state of Ohio. Yeah. So I think that's where the Buckeye came from. Yeah. So from Buckeye Technologies to a long, illustrious career with Accenture, if I'm not mistaken, is that right? That is correct. What about your experience in the consulting world do you find helpful for you here at Nina? I think being a consultant helps me be able to relate to customers better. And it helps me be able to listen to a problem and quickly in my mind, figure out what we can do to solve that problem. So that, that was something I walked away from consulting with. All right, so let's go back to New York City. So you're born in New York City, family moves to Charleston, South Carolina. Where's the family now? Talk to me about a little bit about your, your personal life outside of Nina. Yeah, we're all pretty spread out. So I still have some family in New York, a uh, younger brother. Uh, most of the rest of my family is in Charleston. My mom, my mom's 
siblings, uh, my sister. I have some family in New Orleans, so we're all sort of spread out all over the place. Here in Atlanta, it's just myself um, and my children that are away at school, so technically they aren't here right now. I have uh, two children. I'm an empty nester right now. They're both in college, uh, 20 and 21 years old. Boys, girls? One boy, one girl. Gotcha. And where are they in school? So my oldest is at LSU, and she is a senior. She's about to graduate in May, and her plan is to go to law school. She wants to be an immigration attorney. And my youngest is at Columbus State University down in Columbus, Georgia. He's a history major. He's a sophomore, and he thinks he's going to go into geographical information systems in some way, shape, or form. So what's life been like these last couple of years as they've moved on and out changes that the dynamic right I mean, I've, I've got one out of college and it's or in college and it's it's uh the whole, whole family is just different yeah it's different but um I, i'm blessed in that my kids have always been kind of independent so i think when they started high school i already started stepping back a little bit from you know the trying to help them manage their lives. So um, the only thing that changed is that the house was quieter. <laughs> I, I come home and everything is where I left it. Um, and it, it stays pretty clean as well. So I, I miss them all the time, but I'm also very proud that they're able to live on their own and manage their lives. So what do you do for fun now that they're out living on their own and managing their lives? Well, pre-pandemic, um, I was a big fan of karaoke. Oh, yeah. Um, on Friday and Saturday nights, you would definitely find me at a karaoke bar. Does the audience appreciate your karaoke or is this just something that you should keep in the shower? <laughs> I think they do appreciate the karaoke. I have probably on a couple of occasions saying karaoke in a business setting. You might find a colleague or, or two of mine that has heard me sing and um, they can they can give you some some feedback on how I did. What would be your single go-to karaoke selection that you know <laughs> you're just going to kill it? And follow up, can you give us a little ditty here on the Getting to Know podcast? <laughs> I will absolutely not give you <laughs> a sampling of that on this podcast, but somewhere there's a video floating around of me singing. Um, someone, at, at, Nina has it. I won't say exactly who, but my go-to song is Tina Turner, Proud Mary. Really? Yeah. Well, all right. All right. Always knock that out of the park. Well, we may have to circle back and try to convince you to drop a little Proud Mary on us briefly, but that's great. So Friday nights, karaoke, hanging out, then by day, keeping everything together on digital transfer papers. What are you most proud of that you've been involved in here at Nina thus far? I think I'm most proud of the work that was done to integrate Nina Coldenhove and, and bring the heat transfer business into that business, right? It was a pretty major effort. Myself and, and another colleague um, at Nina Coldenhove managed that effort. And it was, uh, it was very strenuous um, and involved a lot of people and involved a lot of the business functions. And it, it really, it took a while but it was pretty successful. I enjoy working with the team in the Netherlands. It really doesn't feel like they're physically that far away from me because I talk to them every day. Yeah. Uh, but that that was a major effort. I, I think that's the, the thing that I've done that I'm the most proud of. Good for you. That's a lot of heavy lifting. And, uh, and I would agree. I mean, in my early experience, um, they seem to have been as well integrated as, as any 
group that is physically that far away as as any I've I've worked with. So that's great. You a big movie fan, Saran, or you know, binge watcher of TV during the pandemic or anything like that? I'm sad to say that I am. What have been the uh, couple of standouts during the pandemic for you from a binge standpoint? Let's see. I really enjoyed, I don't know if I can say this in a business setting, but it's a show called Shit's Creek. You can. <laughs> we, we use that term regularly. It was, to me, the most hilarious show. Um and it was just kind of a good way to unwind at the end of a day. I've seen more than a handful, and there are a couple episodes that I laughed out loud. So I, I need to jump back in there. So let me ask you this, Saran. What would be the title of the movie about the life of Saran Counts? How about She Came, She Saw, She Conquered? I like that. I want to get behind this woman. I'm, <laughs> I'm all in. So who's playing the role of you in this movie? Oh, wow. How about Angela Bassett? I like that, too. How about your kids? <laughs> Who's playing my kids? Um, so my son is all of six feet, seven inches tall. So I anticipate um, the person that would play him would be the same guy that played the football player in, um, oh, what was that movie? The Blind Side? The Blind Side. Yeah, six, seven. All right. Is your daughter tall, too? She's not. She's about my height, maybe a couple inches taller. I'm 5'5". Five five, so, yeah, my daughter's probably about 5'7". Oh, God, who would play her? She'd probably want, like, Beyonce to play her or something. Uh, I'm definitely signing up for She Came, She Saw, She Conquered. Is that what we're going with? Absolutely. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Being a karaoke person, I would imagine music's a pretty big part of your life. Do you remember your first concert? Yes. Uh, my very first concert was Michael Jackson. Um, it was the um, it was the Victory Tour. Early 90s? That was um, early 80s. Early 80s. Yeah, early 80s. I was still living in New York at the time. Madison Square Garden. It was a huge deal because, you know, my family wasn't very rich. We really couldn't afford to do um, lavish things like that. But a friend of a friend of a friend of someone my mom worked for was able to get tickets for my sister and I. And it was just the most exciting thing I ever did. It was major security. You couldn't even walk on the same side of the street as the garden if you didn't have tickets to the concert. I mean, it was it was a major production for that time. It's hard to imagine as someone who largely grew up in the 80s like that, a bigger deal than Michael Jackson in that time frame at the Madison Square Garden. That's yeah. huge. That was the biggest deal in my life. I still have the posters. <laughs> yeah. I still have the uh, the book I bought at the concert um, that I spent my entire allowance on. So yeah, that will be in my brain forever. Who's your all-time favorite artist? Prince. Prince is up there for me. So somebody asked me a question recently and said, what is, actually my wife, I believe, said, who is the person that you've never met whose death affected you the most? And I landed on Prince. Like, it was just one of those, like, I just remember, like, I remember where I was, and he had just been in Atlanta, which is where I am, and, and I didn't go, and I never saw him live, and I was regretting that. I love Prince. I saw him live the summer before he died. I did not go to the concert here in Atlanta, but I did see him that summer at the Essence Festival in New Orleans, and it was amazing. He, he performed for probably three hours straight, you know, no wardrobe change, nothing like that, <laughs> but... 
that hit me pretty hard. Michael Jackson hit me pretty hard. Whitney yeah. Houston hit me pretty hard. So yeah, those were all big kind of cultural icons for us for sure. Um, what is your favorite brand in the world outside of Nina, a brand that matters most to you? I have brands that I like. I can't say that I'm very much attached to a brand. Okay. Maybe that, that speaks to my personality. I, ha- I love um, my Kate Spade purses. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love my Louis Vuitton purses. I guess I like designer purses. You can kind of gather that. Yeah, I don't know that I'm, I'm really one of those brand loyalty kind of people. Fair enough. Fair enough. Keep your options open. I like yeah. it. So, Saran, uh, global pandemic the world is crazier than it's ever been, it feels like, from political tensions, uh, race-driven tensions. In a year with the environment that we have experienced, does Black History Month mean anything different to you this year than it has historically? I can say it definitely does. This past year has been very eye-opening. It's also been encouraging because... I think that there's more visibility now to some of the racial injustices that still exist. Hopefully more visibility means more action at the right levels of society, the right levels of government. So I'm encouraged that it's out in the light now and people aren't afraid to talk about it. I've had some of the the best conversations about race probably within the past year uh, with people that don't look like me um, that I've ever had in my life. So all that's very encouraging. Has your experience as a Black woman in America been different in the various boroughs of New York versus Charleston, South Carolina, versus the greater Atlanta area in a a way that you would have found noticeable? Yes. How would you describe the differences? Um, Well, living in the North is is different than living in the South um, as a Black woman. And I'm speaking to my own experience. I don't want to speak to the experience of everybody else, but... Um, the, the differences between being a black woman up north in the 70s and 80s was very different than moving to Charleston in the late 80s and then moving to Atlanta in the late 80s, early 90s. The differences being, I think when you're living up north, there's an acceptance of diversity that you don't always find when you're in southern cities. I think that things have changed quite a bit. But um, at the time that I was growing up, uh, it just, it wasn't quite there yet. Um, I think there was not an acceptance of the levels of excellence that you could reach, even though, you know, you're, you're a young Black woman. Um, I distinctly remember being told that there were things that I, I couldn't do, that I probably shouldn't do or try to do in high school and even in college. Quite a bit of that um, happened to me early in my life. Um, I'm thankful that that things are turning around. I mean, just using that example. So I spent a bunch of time doing college recruiting through the years, and it is amazing. Georgia Tech is a great example. The young people matriculating through there now are far more diverse, both gender and race and ethnicity-wise, than they had ever been. Probably wasn't the case from 1989 to 1994, is that right? That is accurate. Yeah. yeah. The, the levels of diversity I see on campus now, just it's mind blowing. And I I'm encouraged every time I see it. I mean, I I still talk to, to the students there through you know various mechanisms and the, um, the alumni organizations I'm involved in. 
and um, they just have no concept of, of what it was like. But I'm glad that things are turning around. Is there any positive element of them not understanding it? Does that is that is that progress or is that is that dangerous? Because then then you might forget how we got there and the progress that we've made. I think the recognition of of, of where we started, where you know black people started, is there. I think it's different to have experienced it uh, than to just recognize it. I see it as a positive and as a negative. The, and on the positive side, uh, you don't have this thing that could hold you back or, or doesn't, um, it, it won't allow you to maybe eliminate yourself from a, from a situation because you automatically think it's because you're a black man or a black woman that something's happening to you. And on the negative side, I think the saying is true. If if you don't understand your history, you're doomed to repeat it. So I, I think you have to have that recognition of um, everything that I have today, somebody else worked hard for. And I'm here today because somebody else worked hard and, and fought and um, and went through things that were a little unpleasant so that I could be here today. You said something very powerful earlier um, around the fact that in the past year, you've had more good kind of meaningful open discussions with people that don't quote look like you than, than ever before. Everybody's journey is a little different. Every you know person's going to have a, a bit of a different view. But for you, Saran, what would your advice be to people that don't quote look like you, who don't quite know how to get comfortable having the conversations, but feel like they want to and or should? What, what would your counsel be? I think if you approach um, any situation with sincerity, try your best to leave your biases out of it. I think we all have biases that are built into us, right? I, I think you can't deny that. But leave your biases out of the conversation. Be open, be honest, and be sincere. I believe that if you have a, a loving heart, if you have a loving spirit, the other person will see that. In every conversation that I've had, there's, there's something that I can see in that person, that they're being sincere, that they, they're asking out of, out of a place of love, not of a place of hate or division. And I'm happy to talk to anybody that comes with that type of spirit. That's a really great perspective. What would the Saran of 2021 tell the Saran of 1994 heading into the workforce, going to work for that P&G spinoff Buckeye Technologies, um, what would you tell that version of Saran that would be most helpful to her as she set out in her career? I would tell me back then, believe that you have a right to be where you are. Believe that you've worked hard enough, that you've earned your position, that you've earned your degree, that you've earned the spot you're in, and don't be afraid to speak up. Don't be afraid to, to show your knowledge, to show your intelligence, and just be yourself. Don't be afraid to show people who you are. I got to tell you, for the first time in the history of the Getting to Know podcast, I just got the chills. I love that answer. So probably stuff that you've shared with your kids, I would imagine, right? Absolutely. They will always say things back to me that I told them. They don't realize that it's something I already told them, <laughs> but they quote they, me quite a bit. <laughs> they like it better in their own words, if you will. Yeah, yeah I, I know. I got three of those people running around. Same thing. Okay, so I'm going to ask you this. I don't know if I've ever asked this on the Getting to Know podcast, but I love your confidence. 
it's such a beautiful quality in a human in general, in my mind. Um, tell me, what is your favorite quality in yourself? That I'm genuine. The, the Saran you see at Nina is the Saran you see at the gym, is the Saran you see at church. Uh, no one will ever meet me in one setting and not recognize who I am based on how I'm conducting myself. That's a great quality. I love, love that kind of just being who you are um, at all times. It's great. Now, let me hit on the gym comment real quick, because when I first started Global Pandemic, it was basically like me, Julie, Byron, and Bonnie Lind hanging around the Alpharetta office six feet apart. It was safer than being home with my you know, gaggle of children who'd been sent home from college and high school and all this stuff. So I was doing that. And Julie did a really nice job, as much as it pains me to say broadly here, of muscling through and trying to help me understand who's who and no one's around. And she was walking me through org charts and stuff. And we came to you and she said very nice things about you. And she said, by the way, she'll whoop your ass. But, <laughs> So talk to me about the gym, because she was like, Mike, she is she is not messing around in the gym. Um, that made my day, by the way, to know that Julie referred to me in that way. Um, so I uh, was a competitive bodybuilder for about eight years of my life. You know, got on stage, posing suit, the whole nine, trophies at home. I haven't competed since 2017. So that might be where that comment came from. I didn't question whether or not you could kick my ass. I definitely don't question it now. Um, I feel like we're on great terms. I think we should just keep it right there. That yeah. all makes more sense now. Who was your hero growing up? <laughs> Wonder Woman. <laughs> Wonder Woman. This is all making sense. You're very consistent and genuine. I like it. Wonder Woman and my mom. Is your mom still alive today? She is. She up north or she's in Charleston or? She's in Charleston. Yeah. Yeah. Do you get to Charleston very, very frequently? Uh, I get there two or three times a year, but it, it feels like my mom's in the next room all the time because we talk every day and yeah. about everything, about nothing. Good for you. So, Saran, I'm going to hit you with a couple, like, really quick things. It's like you choose either this one or that one, all right? Just kind of rapid fire, all right? Dog or cat? Neither. Pancakes or waffles? Waffles. Beer or wine? Wine. Dine in, take out, or build it yourself? Build it myself. Uh, movies or TV shows? Mm, I'll go movies. Big gathering, small group? Uh, small group. What's your favorite sound in the world? Mm, uh, I want to say being on the beach, waves crashing. Favorite beach? Hmm. I love the beaches in Aruba. Oh, yeah? Okay. I need to check that out. I've not been there. Um, what's the best smell? Mm, my mom's cooking. <laughs> it's a good day right there. Your mom's yeah. cooking on the beach in Aruba. Waves crashing. I like it. At the end of every Getting to Know podcast, Saran, we hit our guests with the same three questions. I'm going to hit you with those right now, all right? Just tell me what comes to mind. First one is... What can always be found in the Saran Count's empty nested refrigerator at all times? Eggs. Eggs. Brown eggs, jumbo, white yeah. eggs? Great A large eggs. And do you yeah. eat the whole egg or is it egg whites going on or what's what's usually egg whites unless it's hard boiled, then I'll eat the whole thing. Got it. All right. Second question. Amongst those who know you well, 
What would you say you're most famous for, Saran? Uh, speaking my mind. Not a bad quality. Again, consistent and genuine. All right, last one. What are you looking forward to most right now at this very moment? Oh, that's an easy one. My 50th birthday. 50th birthday? You don't look a day over 29. Like 21 years from now, you're looking forward to this? In nine days, I will be 50. Nine days, 50 years old, half a century. Well, congratulations. Thank you very much, Ron, for your time today. Enjoyed getting to know you. I'm certain the audience will. I appreciate your perspective on all the topics that we covered and enjoyed getting to know you more. Look forward to seeing you around in the office once we get past this pandemic as well. And you'd be nice to me, all right? I will. This is fun. Thank you so much. You bet, Saran. Thanks for your time. For those of you in the listening audience, thanks for your time as well. And we'll catch you again in two more weeks. 